Alright, we're in the middle of, as you can clearly see, we're in the middle of the sugyas of Amir al-Akum, the understanding that the parameters of Amir al-Akum, um, when you can ask, when you can't ask, and we've discussed at length in the previous shurim, that you can only, Amir al-Akum is forbidden during the week for Shabbos, Shabbos during the week, etc., on Shabbos for during the week. Remez is permitted, but it's got to be a proper Remez, Remez Dehtibah is forbidden, and those are the parameters that we're working with. What I'd like to discuss today, uh, and begin, I don't know how far we'll get, maybe we'll finish and move on, maybe we won't, is the Het of Amir Akum. There's one area, more than one, but the area of Amir Akum which is permitted. And that's what I would like to discuss today, the area of Amir Akum which is permitted, and that's the area of Amir Akum that's very yeah. For the sake of a sick person, you're allowed to ask a non-Jew to do whatever it takes. Now, before we go down the route of understanding that, we need to categorize the level of sickness before we, we start. Um, we will eventually go down the halachas of Chaylem and Shabbos. We'll do that again. We've done it before and it's extremely important. Perhaps after we finish Amir Lachim we should do it. Because it's extremely important and, and it's, it's a world which is constantly changing. As we'll discuss today, some of the hospitals are changing. Everything's changing all the time. So we need to know exactly what to do at, at every situation. But there are three categories of Chaylem which are we'll, we'll make it four. Four categories of, of, sick, of a sick person. Well, I'm using the word sick person as a very broad... As a, in a, with a very broad brush, it's not really a sick person, but there are four categories of what we would call a chayla in, in, in Jewish law. The first category is somebody who's just got what we know, what's known as a mechush baum. He's got a pain, a very slight pain, a slight headache, a slight cold, um, just a pain. You know, it could be a muscular pain, a pain, a stomach, a stomach ache, a stomach pain. A pain is a pain. Now, Chazal forbade us to do any malachah, even to take medication for someone who just has a what's known as a mechush ba'alma. So that's the category we're not discussing. That's a, uh, we'll discuss what to do in that category when we talk about chaylam on Shabbos, how to help somebody who has a headache, what can we do on Shabbos, what, what can't we do. We'll discuss that when we get down to the halachas of Hilchus chaylam. But today we're discussing the halachas of Amir Akum. For somebody who's a mechush ba'alma, a non-Jew can't be asked to do anything. There's an, a second category which is called mixas chayli, which is a little bit a category, a little bit beyond a, a mechush baum. It's not just a, a pain, but there's, there's an element of sickness there, but not a, a sickness which uh, incapacitates the person at all. Functioning absolutely fine, walking around, but a mixas chayli, you know, I would call it a slight flu, uh, not something that's going to get worse, a, a slight virus, which uh, in a way uh, you know, is, is a little bit debilitating, but doesn't incapacitate at all, it doesn't stop you from functioning at any stage whatsoever uh, and doesn't make you feel ill you're not feeling ill you have uh, what's known as a mixus chayli again when we learn halakhas of refuah we'll discuss what mixus chayli is, is, is too as well but w- what we want to discuss today is the next two categories the, second ca- the third category is somebody who's incapacitated that's what we call a chayli kalaguf a chayli kalaguf is not someone who is in any danger whatsoever not in any danger whatsoever but simplest definition of a chayli kalaguf is someone who cannot function. So if somebody has a severe headache and therefore goes to have a migraine and therefore needs to lie down, or, or a, a, a very bad stomachache and therefore needs to lie down, or a flu, not a flu you might feel like definitely, but a flu is not dangerous, 99% of flus are not dangerous, you might feel that you can't work, you can't work in the kitchen, you, you, you need to lie down, that, that's called a chayli kalaguf. A chayli kalaguf doesn't actually mean that you're, that you're in bed, it doesn't mean that you're you actually have to go to bed. You may be someone who needs to function. The house has got to run. You've got a house full of kids, children, grandchildren, 50 guests coming for Yom's meal. So therefore, you, you have to be there. But you are feeling, you are ill. You are a person who is kalaguf. The whole body is ill. You have 
flu pains going down your arm, going down your leg, you have a, a migraine which is completely taking over your whole body, doesn't mean you're not functioning. The definition of, in, of, of a chayli kalagup is someone who's incapacitated, somebody who cannot function. But it doesn't mean that you haven't overcome that and, and you're functioning to a degree. That's not a contradiction. Just because you're working in the kitchen doesn't mean that you're not a chayli kalagup. A chayli kalagup is someone who is sick. He's sick. He or she is sick at this point in time. It's not a chayli, it's not a chayli misukun. Not in danger whatsoever, no danger at all, but sick. The next stage, the fourth stage, which is the, the most serious of them all, of course, is a chayli masukin. A, a sick person who is in danger of life. Danger of life doesn't mean that he's actually in danger of life at this moment in time. It could be something which, which if left, could develop into something dangerous. It, it could be that Chazal understood that this type of condition is, is dangerous, even though I feel perfectly well. So, for instance, Chazal talk about pains in the teeth which again we will discuss when we discuss the halakhas of a khayli. And they say that a tooth, oh that's terrible, a tooth pain can, can really be, be a sakana. In modern day medicine, it's difficult to understand, but I do know somebody who became ill from a toothache, and eventually the infection traveled to the heart and he, and he became seriously ill. So there is, there is, you know, there is reality, even though modern medicine will, might not define you as a khayli masukha, but halakha will define you as a khayli masukha, and we'll, we will discuss that when we get to the halakhas of khayli. What we want to talk about now is the halakha of Amir akum asking a non-Jew to do a malakha for you. Now, the parameters of a khayli kalaguk and the parameters of a khayli masukha, somebody who is incapacitated versus somebody who is seriously ill, are fundamentally different. A khayli masukha, we're not going to go through the whole dynamics of the Chayli Masukim, because in the Chayli Masukim there's two levels as well, we won't discuss that tonight, but let's just talk about Chayli Masukim in simple terms, a person, a woman, a man, a child, whoever it may, it may be, is deathly ill, meaning in a situation of Sakana, then everything is permitted. No questions asked, everything is permitted. You can do a Malachah Dereisa, you can do a Malachah Dereisa, and if it's a situation of direct Sakana, then you're not even allowed to ask a non-Jew. To ask a non-Jew is, a non-Jew doesn't have the same, the same sense of urgency that a Jew will have. If a Jew sees another person, a friend, in Sakana, they're going to really make sure that we, we get this right. We're going to do everything we can to, to protect and save that person. So therefore, you're not even allowed to ask him, not Jew. You're not even allowed to do it in a backhanded manner, in a shinu, because you, you may therefore delay the ability to look after this person. Therefore, all, everything's mutter. There are situations of a khayli masukan where the Sakana is not immediate. Meaning, the sakana might be only in an hour, two hours, three hours time. It's not an immediate sakana. Then, the parameters are slightly different, but that's not really relevant to us. Amir Lakum, of course it's permitted for a non-Jew, for a Chayim Masukim, but it's not permitted in the sense that you should really feel the urgency and do it yourself. Anybody who delays when it comes to looking after a person who is in a situation of, of danger to his life, it's called a Rasyach, it's called somebody called a murderer, because you delayed, you, you didn't look after this person, so you, you've taken his life. The, the urgency of a Chayim Masukim is so great that you just have to drop everything and look after them. Chayli, an incapacity, the Chayli Kalagov, a, a person who is incapacitated, not Masukim, incapacitated. This is really the area where Amir Akim is relevant. Here Chazal gave us two options, two clauses where they changed what would be basic halacha. Whereas in basic halacha, I may not do any malacha deraisa, I may not do any malacha derabonon, and I can't even do them in a backhanded manner. When it comes to a Chayli Masukim, sorry, when it comes to a Chayli Kalagov, Chazal said, you can do a malacha drabonon with a shinah. You can do a malacha drabonon with a shinah in a backhanded manner. And this is extremely relevant. We're going to talk about this in a bit more in a moment. Second thing they like, the second area, say, we're more lenient on is Amir Lakum. 
where Amir Lachim is forbidden on all Malachas, I can't ask a non-Jew to do a Malacha for me, I can ask a non-Jew to do a Malacha, a Malacha Zeraisi even, for a Chayre, for a person who is incapacitated. Now that's a huge, 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 enormous, enormous uh, leeway. It gives us enormous leeway when we're dealing with Chayim. If you live in Esnissar, it's much harder because we don't have uh, non-Jews there. They have to employ non-Jews to be around for the hospitals, etc. But here in Chustar, it gives us enormous amount of leeway when we're dealing with patients on a, on a, private, on a, on a private level, when we're dealing with patients in, in hospitals, when we're dealing with Hatsola. It just gives us enormous amount of leeway that we don't, we don't have in Echisol, which is perhaps, if you would like to call it one of the minors, but perhaps itself is a chisorin. The very fact that we live amongst non-Jews is the chisorin. But we, we can tap into that little bit of a chisorin that we live amongst non-Jews and gain from it in a sense when it comes to a chayla who is unwell. So if a, 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 you have a chayla who's incapacitated and the chayla needs medication, it needs a head, you've got a person with a terrible migraine and they're not on a mishkov, they're in bed, they're the head is banging, they can't see, they're blinded, there's no sakana, you know full well that in three days' time this person's going to come out of bed absolutely fine. You, but you don't have your anti-migraine tablets, you haven't got the paracetamols or the, the extra painkillers which you need in order to relieve that pain, you can technically ask a non-Jew to go to the shop, pick up the medication, buy the medication, bring it home for you and take it. Because the non-Jew is doing no malacha deraisa. Walking to a shop is not a malacha deraisa. Carrying in, in, in most, most roads that we exist, not all, that's why we're, we're worried about the air, but the, the bulk of the roads that you, you will be talking about are not Shemshus Rabban Deraisas, so there's no, there's no Issa As long as we don't cross any, uh, even if it is Issa it doesn't matter, because the monk who's doing it for you, he's, he's doing the monk, it's, it's done, Ali Dei Akum, let's say, Chayli, perfectly pointed, perfectly pointed. Only, only the Rabbanon? Only, no, the non can do even a Deraisa, because the non itself is only Rabbanon. So asking a non-Jew directly, you can ask directly. You don't have to ask indirectly, you can ask absolutely directly. You can say to the non-Jew, please, can you go and do this for me? I have a holiday. So what we'd like, well, I'd like to just branch out and talk about hospitals, because hospitals are much simpler. If we have a, a patient in hospital, we talk about patients in hospital, 99.9% of patients in hospital will be in the, at least in the category of incapacitated. Because if they weren't incapacitated, they wouldn't be in hospital. They would be at home. No hospital is going to keep you in hospital unless you at least minimum incapacitated. Uh, therefore, when you're in hospital, not you, when a person's in hospital, anything that person needs can be asked from a non-Jew. So if the person wants to go to sleep and the light's disturbing, you can ask the nurse, please do you mind turning the light off. If the person is in the hospital and needs food, you can ask the non-Jew to make the food. If the person is in hospital and the bed needs to be raised up and up, you can ask them to raise the bed up and up. Absolutely no problem. A mere lakum for a non-Jew, for a khayla is perfectly permitted. It's perfectly permitted. Where it becomes more complex, and where it becomes more complex is if somebody's in hospital and you want to go and visit them. Now, well, let's work our way through visiting hospitals. Most hospitals today are all high-tech. All hospitals, commercial hospitals are all high-tech. The, the doors are high-tech, the, the landings are high-tech, the stairs are high-tech, the, the, the in and out of the hospital for security reasons are all tied in with technology. The bathrooms and the toilets are all with technology, all modern technology, it's all there to save uh, finances, to save the, the ozone layers and to, to, uh, and to make life as complicated and difficult for the person who's come to visit. Uh, and I think that's fair, a fair description of what hospitals certainly feel like today. But at the end of the day, that's what's going to happen now. Visiting a person in hospital, again, very much depends on the situation of the person. But most, in most scenarios, when a person is in hospital, visiting a person in hospital is considered beneficial for the patient. 
The patient will heal quicker, the patient will recover better, the patient's state of mind is extremely important for the, the, the patient's ability to recover, and therefore we will, in most cases, you might have the other exception of a, a perfectly uh, uh, strong-minded gentleman who's in hospital for something small, might be incapacitated, but he's not a real khayli, and it's not necessary for somebody to come and visit them, and therefore do malachas. But, let's take the average patient, the average patient, a child, or a woman, or, or a mother, or an elderly patient, per person, who's in hospital, feels uh, very out of sorts, feels... Um, What's the word in English? Uh, you know, just feel vulnerable. vulnerable. It's a good word. I wasn't actually thinking of the word vulnerable, but vulnerable is a good word. But it just, it really fe- feels very much at, at, at a loss. And this then gives them that chizot, which really can help them feel much more uh, on top of things and help the, the healing process. So therefore, in most cases, we will say to you that going to visit a patient is the tzoyer Is the tzoyer And it makes a difference to the patient's not aware of what's going on around him. Very often, elderly patients who are in, in hospital and might not be aware of what's going on, but having a child or a close relative or somebody that they know standing next to their bedside, subconsciously they, they know they're there, and often there's even signs that they know they're there, even if they're not actually uh, um, uh, able to, to express and, and show their understanding of what's going on around them. It doesn't matter. It can make a huge difference. Besides, Besides, it's extremely important. If we don't turn up in a hospital to visit patients, then the hospital care for the patient is going to be slightly less. When they see us coming in all the time to visit our, our relatives, parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, brothers, sisters, whoever it may be, we are showing them that we care. The moment they see that we care, it, it puts them on the spot and it makes them much more on top of things. We do have stories in hospitals that are terrible. Not so much a Royal Free Washam is a good hospital. We have other hospitals where, where which are frequented by from Jews, and some of the stories are hair raising, absolutely hair raising. But if you're not there, then the stories it'll be much worse. If someone's not in hospital, they're in old age. Same thing. Um, so it could be the same thing. Could you ask the nurse? Same thing. So let's go through. So let's go through. We'll go through hospitals, then we'll come back to, to nursing homes, and you'll, you'll be able to translate from the hospitals to the nursing homes because it's almost the same thing. Yes, an elderly person in a nursing home need the constant visit of relatives in order just to keep them going, to keep the mind working, to make them feel that, 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 that somebody cares for them, and, and it gives them the, the, the will to continue to live. Very, very important. So let's talk about coming to visit the hospital, just work our way through. And some of the scenarios, and if you don't mind, uh, Mr. Vinci, you'll, you'll add some scenarios if I've missed some out. So the first thing you're going to, um, you're going to, anybody else can, but I know Mr. Vinci does it often, so that's all. The, the, one of the, the first thing you're going to hit when you come into hospital is the front door. The front door. The front door is electronic. And all hospitals are front doors electronic. Even if you're going to, even, even the pushing doors, I think, have electricity attached to them because you push that door, it's not, it doesn't push. Uh, just you give it a push and it just goes around. So that there's some level of, of electricity there. Now, before we move on, we, we, let's just for a moment talk about electricity because that's really the bulk of the issue that you're going to come across in the hospital. Most hospitals, almost all hospitals today will not have um, normal bulbs, old-fashioned bulbs anymore. They will all be LEDs, nearly everywhere, because LED is, is, is it's not cheaper to buy, but it's energy saving. It's energy saving. Uh, maybe fluorescence, but even fluorescence are out of the picture today. These are old-fashioned. We, we need to renew these. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, all, it's all LED. So everything's LED. LED is not a problem of Havara. There's no fire in LED whatsoever. It's, it's absolutely, there's no live fire in LED, you're not creating a fire, there's no malach of havor. 
So in, in the bulk of what you're going to be dealing with in a hospital, whether it's bells to get into the, into the wards, whether it's electric doors, whether it's lights, whether it's voices, triggering voices, that you're primarily dealing with one malacca, and it's of what we call electricity. Electricity is a huge controversial subject in Judaism, a huge subject, where the Chaznish came out with on a limb and he banned electricity because of what he called Malachi's Bainer, and he gave it the status of a Malachi Deraisa. So called the Chaznish, switching on a LED light will be a Malachi Deraisa. But the Chaznish was a Das Yochid. Now, when I say Das Yochid, we do follow the Chaznish. We will not allow you to switch on electricity. And if you do switch on electricity, in normal scenarios, we will say to you that you have But because the Chaznish is a Das Yochid in this sense, when it comes to dealing with Chaylim, when it comes to dealing with people who are unwell, incapacitated, uh, hospitalized, we then change the stakes a little bit. And we give electricity the status of a Drabonon. We give electricity the status of a Drabonon. Because in truth, that's really what we believe it is. We believe that at best it's a Drabonon. We, the cover of the Chaznish, we will treat it as a derisor in all scenarios. So if you ask me, you know, for the shul, can I do... I'll say no, electricity is electricity. But when it comes to Chayla, we, we drop down one level and we give it the status of, of a Drabonon. And it's an enormous help for the fact that we do that because it really enables us to, to help and look after and care for sick people despite the fact that everything today is tied in with modern technology. So when we, you come to the, to the front door, the front door of, of the hospital is, let's assume it's electric. Most front doors are electric. If they're electric, you can't get in. How do you get into the hospital? Shabbos. You come to visit your elderly mother, you come to visit a friend, you come to visit somebody who's just been through an operation, and how do you get in? So now, usually the front door will be public property. There will be people coming in and out all the time. The assumption is that you're going to visit them at a normal time of the day. There will always be people coming in and out. There is no rush for you to get upstairs. You can come upstairs to visit the patient in five minutes' time. There's no desperate need for you to be there now. You can get there five, ten minutes' time. So if you have to wait a minute or two, three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, it won't be anywhere near that. In order to get into the hospital, so wait, what do you do? You wait until the non-Jew comes by, walks in the door, the door opens, or walks into the, what do you call it, gives it a voice, so you, you know, jump in behind him, and you follow him around the, the turnstile, and you walk into the hospital. Very little need to actually trigger anything on your own. If you can't come in the middle of the night, most hospitals in the middle of the night will not have electric doors. The doors will be sealed. There will be somewhere around the, bo- around the underneath, around the back, or in the A&E. Though I will say to you, A&E today in the Royal Free has all become electric. But it wasn't electric until, uh, until recently, a few, few months ago. It wasn't. It's all turned electric. So you might even have a problem in A&E at night. But A&E will probably have people coming in and out. If not, if you're in a situation where you can see there's no one around, it's deserted, it's four o'clock in the morning and you need to get in, you know that the patient is waiting for you, you know that you, the patient, is going to feel at loss and, and, and vulnerable, then walk in backwards. Walk in backwards, because you're doing a malachad rabbonum for a chayla who's incapacitated, and as we said to you before, a malachad rabbonum for a chayla can be done if you do it with a shinna. Doing it with a shinna is the key. We're going to come, we'll come back in a moment. We'll come to that in a moment. Uh, so let, let's work through them and then we'll, 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 we'll come up with, a diff- with the, the, the different scenarios. Walking backwards, that's the only thing we can do. Once you're inside, walk like, like, like normal. Now, you might know that in some hospitals they have these Michigan where they, as you walk through the corridor, you get this voice coming out which says to you, please wash your hands for protection, etc. And you'll have a big sign on the wall saying, we haven't had an infection in this ward since 1963. And... <laughs> which is a complete nonsense, but that doesn't matter. 
Ignore them. There's not much you can do about that. If you don't exactly know where the trigger is, it might be here, it might be there. You have no interest in it whatsoever. It's a psigresha of the loy nichle. You have no interest in that voice whatsoever. It doesn't mean anything to you. So it's a psigresha of the loy nichle on a drabonon. We don't have to worry about it. Particularly when we're dealing with a chayde. You'll then get to the walls, and you can't get into the walls. In order to get into the walls, you need to press a buzzer. You need to press a buzzer. To press a buzzer is again electric. You are using electricity when you press a buzzer. <coughs> If you can, ask an onju. But if it's a pain to ask an onju, then press it with a shinu. Pressing with a shinu is not worse than asking an onju. So you can press with a shinu. If there's a onju there, so ask him. If there's no onju there, press with a shinu. You press it with a shinu again, I'm not doing anything. I'm making a little sound. Making a noise is only a on. The electric which is used, electricity which is used when you press the buzzer is only a on. And therefore, with a shinu, it's all mutter. So I can then press the buzzer with a shinu. And if they talk to you and they say to you, who's there? So you say to Rabbi Santo, and they'll, of course, put a red carpet out and they'll let you in. Once you get inside the ward, then life should be easy, because once you're in there, there should be nurses around uh, any time of day and night. And you can always ask a nurse, uh, you might be unlucky and have a bit of a grumpy one, but it's just too bad. You can always ask a nurse to do whatever's necessary for the chayla. And whatever's necessary means whatever's necessary. You, if a, a nurse does do something for the chayla, so for instance, a nurse fetches a light on for a chayla. The chayla wakes up and says, oh, it's dark in here, I would like to, to read, I want to eat, and, and I can't. So you can ask the nurse, please put the light on. You are allowed to benefit from that light, because we have a rule, a malacha which is done for a chayla is a permitted malacha, and therefore, if it's permitted for the chayla, you can benefit from it too. However, there is one exception, maybe one and a half exceptions, and that is, if the chayla needs food, so the non-Jew goes and cooks food for the chayla. We then don't allow the carer or anybody healthy to partake of that food. Because we're worried that if they cook the food for the chayla, they know that you're there, that you'll end up, they'll end up adding a little bit of food extra for the carer. And that they don't have to do. There's no factor for that. So where we don't say, we don't have this rule of nelech and nelemeh, where we can't say each, everybody can just gain from the single action of what's needed for the chayla, then we say, one second, let's be careful. If there's a chance that they're going to add, they're going to do extra malachah because of you, and you're not allowed to do that. However, let me just finish off. However, in our hospitals where our food is pre-cooked, our food is, is Hermelis food, uh, if, uh, well, I don't know if anything online, um, the Hermelis food is pre-cooked, uh, and they heat it up for the chayla, that's different, because here they're not cooking for the chayla, they're just heating up. So when they're just heating up for the chayla, then you can partake of that. The pro- prohibition is only that we're worried they're going to cook for you. So if they come up, if you're in, in the private ward, they come up with a seven-course meal, and the chayla can never eat that seven-course meal, almost impossible, you can happily finish off with them, that's not a problem. If they cooked it from scratch, that's awesome. They cooked it from scratch, that's awesome. So you can ask for No, no, you can't. If they cooked it for the chayla, if they heated it up for the chayla, then you can, you can benefit from it. You can't ask for it. In, in everything time, coming into the ward, the doors are in glass, and open automatically when I come next to the door on the side and everywhere. So, so then again, either you ask a non to go before you or you do backwards. Same thing. Same thing. The same thing. Next problem we hear in the ward is going to be using the bathroom. Uh, modern hospitals will have, a, you open the bathroom door, pitch back, and you're going to hunt around for a, for a switch and you're not going to find any switches anywhere. They don't exist. You have to step over the threshold of the bathroom and the light comes on. The, the, Toilet itself is all electronic. So the moment you move away from the toilet, it flashes. It's all electronic. You go out the room, the light switches off. So at every stage of the game in the in the bathrooms, you are 
triggering electricity. The moment you walk in, you're not doing a malachah deraisa because it's almost definitely an LED, but you're triggering electricity. When you leave the bathroom, you're triggering twice. You're triggering the, the, the flashing system of the toilet, which is also electricity, and you're, you're causing the light to switch off. Uh, sometimes in the taps are also electronics. So the taps have a uh, sensor then, you put your hand under it, and it opens. There's no, no, and it's wonderful for, for hygiene, and, and it's amazing. You think our hospitals will be so, so safe, and there shouldn't be any, any infections there. It should be amazing, but crazy. Problem, a real problem. So again, here, if you can ask, now, the, the, re- the, way, the, the reason why we, can, we have a little bit of leniency here is because Chazal t- t- told us, Chazal tell us, that God will cover the bris, uh, it's data even a mixes I say in the prayer. Meaning, COVID abris, self-respect is pushes away what Chazal call a mixes I say in the prayer. And the Gemara asks, what do you mean? It doesn't push away a malacha deraisa. There's no question about it. COVID abris, self-respect doesn't allow you to transgress a deraisa. The Gemara talks about if a man's walking in the street and discovers that he's wearing shatnas, you have to get undressed in the middle of the street. Nothing you can do about it. You're not allowed to wear shatnas. If you walk in the street with shatnas, you're transgressing a malacha deraisa. So the Gemara says, clearly you can't. Even for carpet abris, now to get undressed in the street is definitely uh, not not very uh, helpful for your self-respect, right? S- but the Gemara says you can't transgress and lock a dress even if it goes against your self-respect. However, when it comes to drabonon, and the Gemara says what we mean by a asedra isemilatayim um, uh, uh, means the love of loisosu, the the chiyuv to listen to chazal, that the drabon that carpet abris will push away. So meaning carpet abris, self-respect pushes away. In a drabonum. Whatever it's only a drabonum, covered abris will push it away. So, needing to go to the bathroom is clear in the Gemara, that's called covered abris. The Gemara talks about uh, using, in the old days, used to use stones when they, were, when they went to be excused, stones muksa for covered abris. Covered abris pushes away the issa of muksa, and therefore the malach of muksa doesn't, 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 uh, doesn't come into play. The same would apply here. A person needs to go to the bathroom when they're in the hospital, it's double covered abris. Covered abris will therefore push away any drabonon. So technically speaking, if you can't, if there's no other eta, that means you can't find another normal in the birth commas bathroom. You can't find a nurse who will walk into the room for you first, which you ask them, they will do it for you. You can ask them straight, can you mind just walking to the special light? And they know we're bonkers anyway, so, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> so you say to them, you know, it's, 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 and she'll say to you, yes, I know all about it, and she'll walk into the bathroom for you, she'll walk into the toilet, the light will go on. There's, there's, there's not much you can do about the flushing system because it's going to happen automatically. If you can do it with then do it with if you can. Do it with if you can. If you can't, it doesn't matter. Walking out, again, with the light off, there's not much you can do about that either. Walking out will eventually trigger the light off. Though it may be considered a grommet, it might not be a direct malacha because it doesn't happen automatically straight away. It only happens after, after a couple of minutes. So there is a little bit of room to maneuver. But God will cover that reason we have no choice. We have no choice. If we can, if we can, if you want to walk out backwards, walk out backwards. Yeah, yes, it will make it that easier. It makes it that easier. It makes it that easier. Makes it that easier. But this is all if you don't have a choice. If you have a choice, then it's not. It's not permitted. It's only God and covered abris. It's only permitted if there is no other choice. If you have another choice, there's nothing you can do. Go find the other choice. So if in the visitors' room there is a normal bathroom, but it's a pain for you to go to the visitors' room because you're you're in the other side of the ward and, and there's a toilet immediately next to the bed of the vis- of the patient that you're visiting. Too bad. Go to the visitors' room, etc. That the heter of God and covered abris and the heter of all these. Actions that we're allowing you to do in order to go and visit a patient is only if you have no other choice. So the, the 
No, 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 because that's not good for him. And he can ask the Chatzilah non Jew, and, and, and uh, for him it's, it's much easier. And even if one had to go, let's say, to the visitors' room to use that bathroom, that would involve being buzzed out or pressing. So, okay, so, so what are you gaining? Exactly. You're not gaining much, no. So, so then you'd have to work out. You're not gaining much. You're not gaining much. Um, anybody, as we said, anybody who's in hospital, a, a woman after birth, a child after birth, anybody in hospital is considered incapacitated. In fact, a woman after the birth is considered incapacitated up to 30 days. So, technically speaking, for 30 days you can actually ask a non-Jew to do a malachal, if necessary, for a woman after birth. Though, a person knows that uh, you might need panadols, a person knows that they might need bandages, they know they might need, etc. Make sure you have it already before Shabbos. And this is one of the things we tell Hatzalah. Hatzalah is allowed to be there for Shabbos. We have no choice. For Hatzalah, for, for the Korach Nefesh, you're allowed to be there for Shabbos. But, make sure that you have everything prepared before Shabbos so that you're going to be Mechal Shabbos the least you need to. Don't start saying, oh, I, haven't, I forgot to cut my bandages before Shabbos, so I'll cut them now. Get everything ready before Shabbos. The same will go for, for, if the, the, for, the, for the birth coaches. If there's any need for them to have anything with it, make sure it's all ready before Shabbos. You should have everything ready so that when it comes to Shabbos, the least amount of kill Shabbos. Preparing Shabbos is, is paramount. If you get there and you have this not ready, you have no choice. But we have to prepare for Shabbos and make sure that everything is, is in place so that we can make Shabbos less. Now, so far life's been simple. So far life's been simple. How do we get out of a hospital? We're in there. Now, if you're going to stay there all day till Master Shabbos, fantastic. Amazing. But you need to get home. You've got family at home. You've got visitors. You want to get home. How do you get out of a hospital? Till now, we've always had the excuse that coming into a hospital is the Tzarech Chayla. There's no Tzarech Chayla. On the contrary, the Chayla doesn't want you to go. And even if the Chayla does want you to go, you can just go to the visitor's room. You don't need to go out of the hospital. So there's no Tzarech Chayla in coming out of a hospital. Which therefore means that our... All this flexibility that we've had till now isn't there anymore. So we are a little bit stuck. But here Chazal came up with an unbelievable Kiddush, which will help us, but not to the same extent as when we're coming into the hospital. Chazal told us that we have a rule that they allow certain things to be done at the end because they were worried that you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it at the beginning. So meaning like this, in our scenario, in our situation, it would be like this. If I said to you that once you're in hospital, you have to stay there all day. But no, I can't let you out. You can't go out of the ward. You can't ask a non-Jew. What for? Take some, make sure there's food there before Shabbos and just spend your Shabbos in hospital. If I say that to you, then you're going to think twice, three times and four times before you go visit. And the chances are extremely high that you won't even go to visit. I can't stay in hospital all day. It's Shabbos morning. I'm going to leave the house at 9 o'clock. I'm going to stay till 10.30 at night in hospital. I'm going to go with sugar. You're not going to go. So therefore, in order to circumvent, in order to make sure that we don't create a scenario where people don't go and do the Tzayr because they're going to be stuck, Chazal allowed a certain amount, certain types, certain malachas to be done post the Tzayr so that it should put, shouldn't put you off beforehand. So, for instance, the Mishnah talked about a Mi'aledis. Is a midwife allowed to go to the Chayla and can they go in, in a situation of malacha? Can they come home afterwards? Right? And so there the, the Mishnah tells us they can come home because if we don't allow them to come home, they're not going to go. The Chatham Sefer has a tube where he says a doctor is allowed to come home by, by horse and cart, driven by a non Jew, because if we don't allow him to be driven home, he's not going to go out in the first place. 
we allow Hatsala to come back on the back of an ambulance. So you might see on a Shabbos morning, Hatsashal mission, you shouldn't see it, it should never have to be, be needed, but you might see the back of the ambulance opening and now tripping for, for three or four um, from-looking, from serious-looking men coming out of an ambulance on Shabbos. And that's because they were needed to go to the hospital for uh, a chayla. We allowed them to come back in Shabbos. Why do we allow them to come back in Shabbos? Because if we didn't allow them to come back in Shabbos, they would never take the call. They wouldn't bother answering the phone. It's difficult enough to get them to answer the phone as it is. And they're amazing. You, you, must, you must give them credit where credit is due. They, they drop everything at the, the drop of a hat. They're out, middle of the Shabbos meal, save the night. It makes no difference where, when, and who. They'll, they run out and, and, and they must on the Foshan. And they have literally saved lives. They, they save, do they save lives every day? No. But they do save lives. If they save one life, it's worth everything. But in order to make sure that they will go, if you have a, a, a birth coach, she's not going to go and help this woman through her birth if she knows she's going to have to be stuck in hospital all day. So therefore we have a rule that Hittir is safe from Mishim However, this is where it gets a little bit sticky. Hittir is safe from is ideally only a miracle. Allow a non-Jew to do the malacha for you. Which therefore means when you're coming out of the hospital, you don't have the same leverage as you had coming in. You can't use your elbow to buzz yourself out. You can't uh, um, uh, walk, to the, walk in the door backwards. Be careful if you do that. But walk in the door backwards when you're going out to make sure you're getting out because that way you're doing a malachad rabbanon when it's not directly the serich. In, in the going out situation, you really do need to ask the non-Jew, please, can you open the door for me? And even if he's a grumpy guard, and even if he's a, a horrible nurse, ask some permission, please, can you go out? Again, the, the talking doesn't interest us. It just drives you mad, it makes you, gives you a headache, you walk through and you hear this horrible voice coming out of the ceiling. It, it's not something that you particularly want to hear, so we can ignore that. Coming out though, you do need to. Now, the question of the stairs which you mentioned in, in the Royal Free, where, is it the Royal Free? Oh, the UCH you said no, I think it was. They put, they put buzzers. They put doors when you come down the stairs where you can't get out unless you buzz. Right, so it may be better to go down my lift. It may be, because where are you going to find an on-jew to get out down the bottom? You won't find it down the bottom. You'd have to tell um, a midwife to come down with you. And do you trigger lights on when you come when you go down the stairs? Some stairs, I think in the Royal Free, that you trigger the lights when you come down. So you might not notice during the day, but I think in some of them, as far as I remember, you will trigger the lights coming down the stairs, which can also be a problem coming out. Right? Now, it could be that we would allow you to do that, but if we can get an on-jew, we're much better off. So if there's no other eta, then we would allow you to do a drabonon. But amir akum is primarily the, 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 what you want. You want you want you want to get away with it. If you can do amir akum, you're much better. Otherwise, you'd have to do it again with the drabonon. No, you're triggering it yourself. So it could be a lift is better in the sense that when I go into a lift, I have to think this through because you're not doing any blocking the lift really. It's just. There may be a sense of that. Uh, not you know, in the lift again, not you, because you'll, you'll, you'll be. Don't don't the the when? In the middle of the night. Then you have to ask him on the nurse to come with you if you can. If you can't, then we would allow Jabonon to to the circumcision person would allow you to to come out the same way. Ideally, it's only a miracle. That's that's the best. If not, then you'd have to come out the same way as you went in, using a shinner. You don't have to wait. I, I, I wouldn't want that because no, the moment you do that, then she's going to think twice about going in the middle of the night again. You don't want that. It's got to be easy. They've got to be able to get out simply. If you, if you can't get out from a hospital simply, then you're going to think twice about going, and that, that's a sakana. We can't do that. So ideally, I'm really If not, 
then you can do a drabonon in order to get up because he tears so from Shulchamas. The Gemara talks about carrying your arms. You, you know, if they would have to rush out with their guns and their, their, their swords because there was uh, some non-Jews coming in the direction of the of the village of the city, you're allowed to take your arms back because he tears so from Shulchamas, etc. All these types of scenarios. The Gemara gives us specific scenarios and. Today the Chassan Sefer stresses it to, to any Chayli because he allows a doctor to come back by horse and cart. Though he does say, let the non-Jew drive, don't drive yourself. So ideally, if you can do it, Tzorim Rilak, your best. If not, then we have no choice but the other. You can, you can press the doctor with a shimmer yourself. Coming home in a taxi is the same thing. You ask somebody to call a taxi for you and get them to open the doors, close the doors, etc. What you don't need to take home, don't take home. Leave it there, come back Master Shabbos. If you're going to tell me coming back Master Shabbos is such a pain that I'm not going to therefore go in the first place, I'd let you let the non-Jew take it home as well. Anything that's going to cause uh, um, a problem of a risk of the person not going out in the first place, then we have the hetero with you, certain philosophy. Is it better to ask a non-Jew with a hint wanting to get out the door? The, the, you can ask them straight. straight. You can ask them straight. You can ask them straight. Um, I hope we've covered most areas of, of hospital. Anybody think of anything else in hospitals that we haven't covered? We so leave it, ask them to put it with you. Usually they don't mind. Or leave it together with, if you can't, you mean if you're in just an A&E, you're not, you're yeah, not visiting your patients. Ask them to put it away for you. Or get somebody to pick it up before Shabbos. Send it home in a taxi just before Shabbos. To, to walk home with it is not necessary. What do you need it for? There's very, there's very little necessity. Discharging a patient on Shabbos, we allow to discharge patients on Shabbos. We don't, we don't wait, because hospitals are dangerous places, they're full of infections. The moment you can be discharged, just go. Just get out of the hospital as quick, as quick as you can. And if it means asking a non-Jew to, to pick you up in a taxi, etc., just get in the taxi and go. One person can accompany a, a, a recovering uh, somebody who's coming out of hospital will allow one person to go with, because the patient usually needs somebody to accompany them. So if it's a mother with a new baby, one person can go with, uh, etc. When it comes to tears, serpents from Colossum, though, now let's just, just get this clear. There are certain people who will always go, however difficult it is. So we assume that a husband will always go to visit his wife, even if it is difficult. So if I to say to a husband, oh, we're allowing you to come home by car, by taxi on Shabbos, because otherwise I'm worried you won't go to visit your wife. That's not quite true. So, so then it's not so... You've got to use your seichel. You've got, you've got to understand it. You ask, you ask a birth coach, please go out on Shabbos when she says she, she knows she's going to have to walk an hour and a half back she's never going to go she doesn't feel that need to go but a, a, a father or a mother to a child does if however a mother says I can't walk she's not physically possible it's too far or if I do walk by the time I come home I'm not going to have to look after my children etc so if I, then we do have a tear from Shemtelosan but you've got to use a little bit of your, of, your, of your understanding of the situation to make sure that it really is a tear from Shemtelosan but most cases of visiting a, a sick person hospital will fit into the category of a tear suffering class. Then walk home. I'm sure. Or stay till after Shabbos. I'm sure the wife will never be too happy. No, bring home only what you need. And leave the rest there and send somebody back after Shabbos to pick it up. You technically have to sign, but. You won't sign. Only if you discharge yourself. Mm-hmm. You, you, if they discharge you, don't have to. And if you discharge yourself, you just run out and nothing's happening. I'm not going to send the police after you. Mm-hmm. I know many people who have decided they've had enough and they've just walked out of hospital. And what are you going to do? 
going to get, you know, call, what are they going to call the police? Or what? Nothing to do with it. The driver will bring back, that's because of its use, because we, we don't allow the Hatsala driver to bring them back, they're not going to go and touch it. They bring back, they, then they bring back the kid, because that's because they need it, not, that's a different thing. That's because they, they might need it for another call. That's because they might need it for another call. Can you say slowly, what is the Hitir or what? Hitir, Saifam, means they permitted, Saifam, the end, that means they, they, they were lenient when it came to the end of the story, because they wanted to make sure that the beginning would actually happen. If you need an operational shabbos, then you'll have to sign. If a person needs an operational shabbos, then they should sign. But in most situations, they will allow you to sign before shabbos. If it's an emergency, you sign. Well, what's the problem? If it's an emergency operation, then, then you're chayda v'sukin. You don't will sign. No, you're chayda v'sukin. If, you, if you're rushing to hospital, you, if somebody's rushing to hospital on Shabbos and they, they, they need to operate immediately, you just sign. There's no questions asked. Of course. It's when it comes to kachmafish, you don't ask questions. The rule we always tell us all is kachmafish, you don't ask questions. The moment it's, it's not because of that's when you start asking questions. And then you start making decisions. Should I, shouldn't I, do I do this, do I do that? But when it's because of you, you don't, don't hesitate. Because if you're hesitating, it's, it's a, it's, it's, if you, we, we do have sometimes doctors who are the best, the, you know, so-called the best doctor, and they can only operate on a Shabbos. So I'm allowed to ask the, uh, the, the doctor to operate on a Shabbos. That's not a problem. But the signing is a problem. Because I'm, I'm not a Chayim Masukin, I can wait till next week too. Then I should sign before Shabbos. You ask them, kind of bring, do the paperwork before Shabbos. You go down in a taxi, you sign, and then come in on Shabbos morning with the taxi, whatever's necessary, and, and your paperwork's done. There's no need for you to do any malacha unnecessary. One, when, when dealing with a Chayim, one needs to think out of the box. But the, the Amir Lachim, the fact that Chazal allowed us to ask a non Jew to do a malacha for a Chayim, it really makes life so much easier for us. It really, really does. Really does. I hope that gives, gives us a, a, an overview of what, what, what one can do and can't do when it comes to visiting sick people. I hope it covers your, your question of old age homes as well. It's more or less the same. Um, in, again, in old age homes, you'll have non-Jews there, so it, it, life shouldn't be and probably even easier because if it's a Jewish old, old age home, they should, they, should, they should know the ropes. But it was a non-Jewish place. Okay. Let's just finish up with a very, very short uh, the Pashas Baalesecha the beginning of the Sedra where it says Baalesecha Rashi gives us two explanations I think I've even said it here before but it's such a sweet rock I want to say it again Baalesecha Rashi gives us two explanations Baalesecha means says Rashi either when you make yourself go up meaning says Rashi that you have to climb the, the steps in Aaron, Aaron Akrain have to go up the steps before he could light the Menorah. When you make yourself go up. Then the second explanation in Rashi is, means that you have to light the candle until the flame is oil When you make the flame go up by itself. So the, the, the two connotations of the word one is referring to the person. He has to elevate himself before he lights the candle. And secondly, he ha- when he lights, he has to make the, the flame be oil And if you think about it, the, the, the Bali Musa tell us that this is the two Rashi's are really telling us how one has to serve a Kiddush Rochel. The first, the first step in Avedis Hashem is Ba'alei Sechol. You've got to elevate yourself. First he's got to elevate himself, he's got to move, move himself up onto the, onto the steps, put himself onto the pedestal, move towards HaKadosh Rochel. The moment you move, you move towards HaKadosh Rochel, then the other Ba'alei comes into play. Then 
the, the light will be oilam alayim. By, by triggering that light, you've moved yourself up, and Akash Baruch in return will make the spirituality of that person soar on its own. And, and, and the spirituality of a person just takes a life of its own. All we need to do is the Baha'u'llah. Move up those few steps. If you move up those few steps towards Akash Baruch, Akash Baruch does the rest. And the, the, the Shalhebis, the Ner, the flame, is oilam alayim, will just burn and light and continue to go up on its own. The way should give us selfish mind. We should never need to use our locals that we conduct today. There should be no more fighting in the world. Everybody should be healthy and, and gesund. Everybody should be functioning as they should. And the way should give us selfish mind. If we just step towards our Kodesh Baruch then the Ruchmias, the Shalhebis, we owe them our leg, will be zerkitsi, the Bisa, go, the Koran. Amen.